0: Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Uh, It's been a nice uh, last 10, 11 days. Um, Julie actually convinced me to take some time off, uh, which is a a foreign uh, land for me. Um, I'm somebody who's driven by work and... um, my job and my career and and, and um, just the love for what I do for a living. So um, that's why I didn't upload an episode last week because uh, something that I continue to work on and I tell a lot of my patients, you know, it's, it's, it's much easier when you're in this position to tell people, what to do, and it's like do as I say, not as I, I do. Um, is finding a work life balance, and that is something that I uh, perpetually uh, work on. But it has been nice, and uh, look forward to getting back into you know a busy schedule and. Um, appreciate everybody who follows this podcast um, I do my best to give back to everybody and thank you for all of your feedback and your insights and uh, again speaking to such a broad audience of, of professionals and, and individuals with mental health issues or someone in relationship with people with mental health issues um, it's a it's an interesting task and there's the water as always uh, it 's a it 's a difficult task because I try to talk in a way that appeals to or at least has some resonance with all audiences um, but uh, I think today 's topic will definitely be something that um, I think is something we can all relate to and it it 's really about having mixed feelings uh, Again, another ironic topic for someone who uh, I've said in multiple other podcasts. In you know cognitive behavioral treatment, uh, we really de-emphasize feelings and focus primarily on cognitions and thoughts and beliefs and schemas and behaviors. But we cannot discount the totality of the human experience because all of us feel all of us have feelings and sometimes i draw very stark examples of parallels more for a point of emphasis um but i think mixed feelings is something and ambivalence is something that scares a lot of people um it it you know we all have our Belief systems um, about ourselves, about other people, about the world in general, and those, those three belief systems are what constitute the conclusions that we draw, and that is the basis of personality. Um, but I think a lot of people have a hard time experiencing mixed feelings. Um, you, you know, you think you should feel one way about something or a situation, and you know, ambivalence and mixed feelings is, is really it, it, it's a part of life. Um, you know, we look sometimes for clarity and closure and certainty, and those are that that's a futile endeavor because uh, reality is something that is constantly in flux. Um, reality is always uh, moving. And, you know, also from the perspective of that, that, you know, I think reality is really, um, there's reality and there's perception. And you can see this even from work, uh, doing work with individuals with trauma, that two people, what we would consider maybe a traumatic event, two people could have experienced the, the same thing, but have two totally different reactions to that uh, so that, that's that's the fascinating part, I think, of, of the human experience in in general. Um, but I think a lot of times people people who have a hard time with mixed feelings and, and, and ambivalence in general is, is this this belief in what you know it's kind of called the pure mind. Um, you know, that there's there, there's some ideal state where you know for sure what's the right thing, uh, what's the truth. What do I do in this situation? Almost a very uh, black and white and dichotomous type of thinking. And the reality is that doesn't exist. And that, like I said, is, 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 that's a path that you're on. Uh, that's a path to futility. Now again, it may sound somewhat contradictory because in my job as a neuropsychologist and diagnostician is to come up with answers, but that's that's a little different because I'm using objective measures and tools and instruments and just clinical training and you know the art and science of diagnostics. But if we take ambivalence in general, that's not a that's not a diagnosis. That's not uh, a disorder. But i think it's something that scares a lot of us and there is no such thing as the pure mind and with mental health um i think the mind is rarely quiet Uh, it can be filled with thoughts of depression or suicidality uh psychosis um manic thinking manic behavior uh you know the mind is is a a very active um, Entity that, that is, you know, really unique to humans. The um, term, what's called, metacognition, is really thinking about thinking. Um, and I think you know, a lot of times when we have these mixed feelings, you know, we ruminate, uh, we seek reassurance, uh, look at all the possible permutations or combinations of things, um, while hoping for some, you know, some epiphany, and. That, that we think that some sudden insight is can put everything together, and that that's just a myth. That 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 is that is a fallacy, and I think you know sitting in a place of ambivalence, you know, ironically as as uncomfortable as that might be, is a crucial place where change can take place, and it is okay if you don't know all the answers. Uh, I used to think that I would know what I would do in every situation when when I was younger, that if this happened, I would do this, and if this happened, I would think this, and if this happened, and so on and so forth. And I learned as I've gotten older that that is not a reality at all. And again, that is an exercise in futility that will only lead to frustration and disappointment in ourselves that we think that we're unable to formulate some cohesive logical statement or come to some definitive answer. Or we, we, we may think other people, um, you know, or, or misattribute a lot of characteristics of other people that may or that may be very inaccurate, but... Um, but really ignoring the concept of of this pure mind that 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 is quiet. You know, maybe some monk in the mountain somewhere who's meditating all the time, uh, you know, achieved a state of, you know, higher thinking. Uh, But, you know, ambivalence is a a scary thing. Uh, Mixed feelings is a scary thing. Uh, But it's also an opportunity for a lot of growth to take place. Um, you know and if you think of this the, the, you know this concept of the pure mind, it's really associated with, with perfectionism. Um, and emotional perfectionism is really a belief that we should only have and this is the, here's a, you know a problematic word, a belief that we should only have certain kinds of emotional experience. feeling happy, content, fulfilled, not frustrated and so forth, all positive, but it's okay to have negative feelings. It is okay to, to doubt yourself. It is okay to to uh, admit your flaws. It is okay to, you know, be raw and be real. And that that is that you know I think that can be incredibly liberating. It doesn't mean we're going to like what we see, but it, I think it it, it, it to, when we put these shoulds, I mean that's a that's a too much pressure. Uh, And I've used talked about this, you know, vocabulary in in psychotherapy and psychological treatment is 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 an essential part in, um, in in navigating how people construct their thoughts. Like, I mean, I mean, again, I say this all the time. I need to go to the store. I I have to get gas. I I need to order something on Amazon. And and all and most of the times I don't need to do any of those things. There, 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 are, there are things I, w- I want to do. Uh, would like to get to. Um, but you know if you take Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, what what we really need is food, water, air, and shelter. And everything else is is merely a a, a want. But when we put needs and shoulds. That I, I I should be this way. My marriage should be this way. My job should be this way. My kids should act this way. That puts way too much pressure because there is no margin for error. And any 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 deviation of that, we're either going to become what's called being intro punitive, and 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 dissect ourselves to the point where we see ourselves as complete failures and these flawed individuals. And you know what? We are all flawed individuals every single one of us but that that that's also the beauty of the human experience of what makes us but what, what unique but if you keep you know keep this focus on having this, this pure mind where where you know uh, pain and sadness and sadness and sorrow and confusion and uncertainty uh, have no place I'm telling you you're gonna live a life of, of, of misery and you're gonna live a life that is never gonna get you to a place where you will ever feel content Um so, I think you know using be mindful of the of these words because we use them interchangeably, and I think if we really stop and take a look at what are the things that we need and what what are the things that you know we should do um, uh, but there is no such thing as like you know emotional perfection it it just it just doesn't exist. I don't even know what a definition of that is, but I think we we think that um, you know we we have to know what we're supposed to feel. In any given situation and that anything negative um, is equated with with weakness or um, some perceived fault in in ourselves or others um, and the, the, this pure mind idea is is, is 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 this idea that our mind should should be clear not ambivalent not confused um, but most of our minds are all chaotic and chaotic does not necessarily mean bad you know, a chaotic mind can lead to amazing things like creativity and, 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 and discharge of, 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 you know, writing books and writing music and, and having uh, intimate conversations with people. And that, that's how we grow in differing opinions. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you surround yourself with people who are just like yourselves, your, life, your world is going to become pretty small and it doesn't allow much room for growth. Um, I mean, I like to surround myself with people who have, you know, differing opinions and backgrounds. And, and, and I think that it's a healthy way, at least for myself, to, to, to navigate and, and um, to grow. And it doesn't mean we have to embody the beliefs of other people and, and you know, uh, assimilate those into our own lives. But having, having different, differing perspectives and being open two differing perspectives is a healthy mindset but having a rigid this is you know my way or the highway mindset i is really done an unhealthy way to live and i think really stagnates and, and 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 stunts any kind of growth um so you know this again this idea of, of this pure mind um you know it's it, it, it's 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 again it's a fallacy and you know, i'm just coming from the perspective of learning to become comfortable with mixed feelings and ambivalence um you know life life involves trade-offs and and certain things they have certain territories um you know ambivalence ambivalence is not the problem not accepting ambivalence not accepting mixed mixed feelings or even negating that as as an option uh that's that's the problem um you know, so you know, it's 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 okay to be ambivalent and not have clear answers about certain aspects of your life. That that is fine. To place the expectation that you think you have to know everything about yourself and about your partner, um, one is going to lead again an exercise of futility, and one that is going to lead to just extreme confusion and frustration and and disappointment. Um, But being open to the idea that mixed feelings come with the the complexity of life rather than a signal that there is something wrong that needs to be fixed. And that's a really important point I want to make is that, again, you know, be open to the idea that ambivalence and mixed feelings are part of the complexity of life and life is complex and ambivalence and mixed feelings is not a signal that something is wrong that needs to be fixed. It just means you're in a state of mm, confusion and 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 out of out of out, you know chaos theory. Out of chaos comes order. And out of you know, if you have chaotic feelings, the end result is going to be some order. And I've talked about this in you know my my perspective in in, 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 in the whole concept of choices is I do not believe that there is we we make bad choices. I, you know so if we're given a situation if we're at a, at a restaurant and uh, we decide between one menu item and a second menu item and I'm gonna make the decision at that time that I think is the best one that I choose this this uh, I choose a steak over over chicken um, and then later in the evening I was like oh there was a there was a I shouldn't have got the steak I should have got you know a salad or something else. That's, in, in, in statistics, that's called a post hoc analysis. That's a retrospective analysis saying, you know, in, in, in any situations that we're in, we're presented with opportunities, we're presented with choices, we, we make the choice, we think at that time is, is the best choice for us. It's only after the fact we put a qualifier, put a qualifying statement on it that, we, that, that something is bad or something is wrong or that something was proper or or, or inappropriate uh, but again there are i think there are no such thing as bad choices it's only afterwards do we put the do we put the qualifiers and and you know the adjectives on it um and you know the goals of you know like the steak example next time you go to the restaurant don't order the steak um you know and then also you know this the you know the the pursuit like i said before of, of of clarity and closure and certainty is really you know uh a task in futility um it it it's it's sometimes you know not knowing um is okay and just like not making a decision is actually making a decision so it's really you know being able to look at things from a from a, um, a place of discomfort which, I, as, as I've said in multiple episodes, is, is the necessary ingredient for change to take place in, in psychological treatment. When someone gets tired of saying, I'm tired, gets to a place of saying, I'm tired of thinking, acting, and feeling this way, that is, those are the necessary uh, components for change to take place. Um, I think, you know, maybe, you know, if you look at it, that maybe ambivalence in and of itself is not the problem, but the problem is that we think ambivalence is the problem. Um, we think having mixed feelings is the problem. When in reality, um, ambivalence and mixed feelings is are are, are not the problem at all. Um, and again, you know, our minds are like kaleidoscopes, and we have conflicting. Sometimes we have conflicting feelings about the same thing, and sometimes we have conflicting thoughts and conflicting feelings, and you know, about a, a variety of things. And that again, that's what makes us unique with the search for certainty is is not the way i think that, that that's going to lead to a life of, of frustration and i i've seen this in in my, my my work um you know as you know i i don't do much therapy I primarily treat borderline personality but you know in my training and my work with therapy you know the you know patients you know have this pursuit of you know this getting these answers of why 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 and i have said like if you knew the why is that going to res- absolve you of, of all the problems? You know, why did mom and, mom and dad do this to me? Why did this person do this to me? Why did this company do the way? And, and if you get those answers, how does that change anything? It doesn't. It's what you do with that. Um, and, 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 you know, do, do we grow from it? Um, or do we just, you know, you get into a pattern of like repetition compulsion and just keep doing the same thing and have a highly externalized locus of control and, and, and go through life with an incredibly jaundiced eye that everybody else is the problem and there's nothing wrong with us. And, and I've worked with many of those people, and I'm sure many of you out there listening know people who are like this, who are very rigid in their mindsets. And we, what do they always say? Never talk about religion and politics. And you can see that play itself out in, in, in the current world, and the state of the world that we live in, when those are things that should be talked about because at the end of the day i think people are scared to death that what they believe their entire life may be wrong and that's why we distort reality when we put our head on the pillow because that's the only way for us to be able to close our eyes to go to sleep um you know it's about experience it's about collective experiences. Obviously, we try to pursue experiences that that give us pleasure, with relationships and a pleasurable job and pleasurable colleagues and things. You know, I don't, I don't think people generally. You know, again, that I'm always fascinated by the outliers, but I think you know, I'm generalizing here that people pursue things that they perceive are really going to make them feel good and bring their life and their loved ones peace and comfort and, and happiness and and, and prosperity. Um, and, you know, the best way, you know, you know it, it, again, this is not related to any specific disorder or any specific, uh, you know, di- diagnosis or, you know, field of psychology, but it, it, it's one that I thought would be, Really relevant, you know. As I contemplated, you know, just my own mind, um, you know, between taking phone calls and returning texts and emails, even while taking, even while taking time off, uh, you know, was a very, uh, you know, uncomfortable place for me to be. Because that's not typically who I am. You know, before my dad passed away, you know, we would go to Italy every year. And that was something that I look forward to. And, you know, or my dad would come out. I was able to kind of shut my mind off. But I, but I realized that I'm always in work mode. I mean, I talk to people and I'm still talking to people. I'm, you know, t- taking time off and be back soon. But I I realized that, um, you know, I, Ambivalence, I thought, was something that, that I experienced and mixed feelings about allowing myself to relax, but other than still being present for uh, my job and, you know, having a private practice and communicating with colleagues that, it, you know, it, 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 was, it was difficult for me, but uh, I think it's something that I, I, I have been able to tolerate And I went through the range of mixed emotions, and I think I I ascribe more to that, you know, that that pure mind idea, uh, because that's more of what I do for a living is is being able to come up with definitive answers, but to have to take time off and not have, you know, the schedule that I work, um, it was an experience that um, was was different for me. And and one of the first experiences I had, you know, obviously since losing my father, but um, I can tell you it was was it was it was a, it was a good time um, and no no bad came out of it and uh, to kind of disengage and and, and, and and be a kid and you know regress a little bit and you know be funny and joking and you know we were just having a blast uh, with just you know just Julie and I and it was it, it was amazing and um, you know it it, it Think of experience like 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 a symphony, many notes, many movements, many changes. It's just it's it's up and down, and it doesn't always have to be bad. And so sometimes to break out of our routines, to break out of uh, you know a, maybe a stagnant mindset that we find ourselves in. Um, that so that was really kind of the 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 premise for why I wanted to you know do this as a podcast topic because i think people get very scared when they have mixed feelings and when they feel ambivalent you know about changing careers or making a you know a decision about a relationship or making a decision about the children or, or their finances and i'm sorry there is no magic book where you can just you know You know, look over to the right and say, okay, this, and there's no algorithm for that. Just like people think, you know, with the neuropsych evals that the computer spits out, uh, you know, writes this 50, 60, 70 pages. That's not how it works. That's why it takes a while to write everything and to do these evals because people are complex and you know that's part of the experiential process so you know to live in a state of uh, you know persistent you know discomfort is not necessarily the healthiest thing but but to exempt yourself from the shoulds and the needs and the have-tos can certainly alleviate a lot of stress and un, um, unnecessary pressure and um, realizing that it's 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 about the ride And, um, it's really, it's, it's about the ride. Julie, you want to add anything? Um, a little bit.
1: Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of listening in the background. I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, speak today, um, regarding this, but as I was sitting there, I, I always come back to um, to honoring one's feelings is important, and just even accepting radically accepting one's ambivalence I think is important. But I also what I also think is important is I think a lot of us have our own file cabinet of feelings that we feel on a regular basis or that we um, he doesn't like this word but triggered or an event, or someone says something to you looks at you the right, you know, something that has to do with your family dynamics and, or your current family dynamics, your family of origin, wherever you came from. So I think sometimes we have like a file cabinet where, you know, a situation will happen and then we might get angry at the situation when in fact, um, and I can use myself as an example. I will, I will sometimes get angry. Sometimes we'll get angry when I really feel the need to cry. And I'm working on that because sometimes it's not like I'm throwing a chair across from that kind of level of anger. It's not really a disrespectful anger. It's more of like a bubbling over kind of uh, feeling. And I realize that, you know, that I have that, uh, my, my I know it's my uh, way I deal with certain feelings. So uh, just to bring about the fact that as human beings, yes, we might have a range of feelings if you really took a a piece of paper, a huge piece of paper, you'd have a scroll of what different feelings are. Like if you broke broke down love, if you broke down anger, if you broke down, uh, gosh, uh, anxiety, if you break it down, there's so many other variations of it, you know, to the degree that someone feels a certain way. Um, So... You know, sadness is another one that's very common, anxiety. Um, I think what we're looking at is really, is this true? Is this really what's happening? You know, bring it back to the Chicken Little, famous fable of Chicken Little having, a, you know, an acorn fall on his head, but he went right into PTSD, fight or flight mode, flight mode, and ran through the village telling everybody, you know, that the sky was falling, creating a panic. I kind of feel like this is sort of, you know, touching upon like what is going on in the country, not the country, the universe right now, our, 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 our world. And I think there are a lot of feelings that are taking place. Um, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of uh, anger. There's a lot of rage. There's a lot of hate. Um, we're seeing a lot of evil, uh, certainly. And a lot of people don't know what to do with that and how to process evil. And when things happen that we don't understand, like I said on a previous podcast, is... Do you really know, gather your facts. Um, The social media platform can be great, but it can also be, as you know, a complete shit show. And it doesn't mean it's accurate. There are are bots out there on Instagram and um, people are just, you know, and most people who are, who don't put themselves out there. You know, they're not really saying, hey, uh, here's how I feel about this Anyway, I I can't even get tangled up in what's going on in the world right now, but to bring it back to your own peace and your own gratitude and your own ambivalence, um, I think a lot of people are very, um, I think, kind of, um, they're polarized right now. Uh, For the most part, even in the United States, seeing what's, you know, playing out on universities, I mentioned this before, and like this resurgence, or I didn't even know existed, I asked my Jewish friends, the same things, like, were did you were you aware of this because I wasn't so uh, right now the climate and I think it's important we're in our roles as healthcare providers we're not really allowed to talk about religion or anything like that and I don't consider myself a religious person I don't think Core does either I think we consider ourselves very spiritual people um, that do believe in God um, but getting back to you know struggling with ambivalence and in this current climate bringing back to sometimes feelings aren't accurate and some of us feel feelings in a repetitive way and in a familiar way because that's all we have in the drawer you know something can happen to us and then we go right to that drawer and it's like what is that what what's what is in our file cabinet as a reaction to certain situations? And it's almost like an automatic response. So a lot of the people that we work with, especially people with personality issues like borderline personality, um, we work a lot with that. You know, like, okay, are your feelings real? Because, yes, you you can honor your feelings and respect and I will validate your feelings. But at the same time, bring it back to what actually happened. Is this a... An, And now, I guess, bringing it back to the climate, I'm all over the place, but not really. There is no measure of the reaction that people are having to the horror in the world right now. Um, You know, people feel silenced. People feel scared to speak up. Um, I know certain people feel like they're afraid to leave their college rooms and go to dinner at their college campuses um, in the United States. So this is something that's spilling over into our country and like I said before, you hurt a human, you hurt me, you hurt someone's child, you hurt my child. That's been my philosophy. I'm, I'm downright a humanitarian by nature. I know my husband is, um, I think, to our, through our core. Um, sorry, my phone is ringing. I apologize for that. Um, so, and also having said that, I have been, uh, Joe Rogan has had Sadhguru, who I've been talking about on and off for the last probably year, about how he looks at life. If you do anything at all, follow him on Instagram or Facebook. He has a lot of wisdom to calm your body down, he will help you to re regulate you. All the questions that are brought to him. Joe Rogan finally had him on his show. I was thrilled because Joe Rogan, I think, is the biggest the most popular podcast in the world right now. And he gets to pick and choose his guests right now, but he chose him and he's doing his program. I think at least reading his book called inner engineering. And he talks a lot about this stuff, like these feelings bubble up inside of us, but because we might be thinking about a memory. Now the memory is not happening now, but if you have PTSD, your memories ex- being re-experienced in your body, at the time that you think of it, when you're triggered by it. So it means that it is happening all over again. You think in your mind, even though it's not. Um, whereas another person might have a familiar feeling of, you know, feeling left out of something, uh, left out of a friend group or uh, bullied, um, which, you know, I, 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 I wish there were no bullying in the world, but there is. Um, but, you know, people who are dealing with situational stuff, that's very real. How can I deal with this better? Jessica Yellen is someone I've been following um, because basically what she has said is that throughout this whole, um, ever since uh, before October the 7th of this year, um, she has been trying very hard, and I think she does a really good job of showing real news from both sides. It's not really prejudicial. Um, I don't feel like it's biased, in my opinion. But the reason why I bring her up, her name's Jess, Jess Yellen or Jessica Yellen. Um, I think I mentioned her before. Um, no BS, um, but just, you know, really put out this jar. It's like she called this the jar of gratitude. And I thought it was brilliant. She said, get a glass jar and every day write, out, write something that you're grateful for and put it in the jar and, sh- and close the jar keep doing this over time. Anytime you stop, at least tell yourself once a day, if you can twice a day, is there something that I'm grateful for? Just it it doesn't matter. What is grateful to you is very unique to you. Write it down, put it in the jar. So when you're having that really bad day, you go to that jar and you open it up and you unfold and you pull out all those pieces of paper that you remember. Because when we are caught in an emotional state, It's very hard for people to disengage from that if they're not in therapy, if they don't have a really good therapist that helps them to do that. And if sometimes in the case of medication, sometimes people can be really oversaturated in their emotions and it's hard for them to even work through therapy without creating, using medication to soothe some of these emotions. Um, Again, people can be very ambivalent about medication. They can be ambivalent about treatment. It's all normal. That's the point. And I think that that's coming full circle core is trying to, you know, talk about just, you don't have to go with your feelings and uh, be a slave to your feelings. Uh, I don't like that term, but be so deeply affected that it affects your behavior and your thoughts. Um, but the feelings, you have more control of them than you think. And I, and like, you know, he mentioned about, you know, monks, Buddhists, they they meditate, they know when their feelings come. So the the basic philosophy, and believe me, this is so I'm not a Buddhist, although I studied it for a while, I'm by no means an expert at all. But I think when you're living through life, and you just try not to cling on to things that bring you joy, and you try not to cling to the things that bring you sorrow, because in the middle of all of that will be suffering. So if something wonderful happens. And I've seen this in my own my own personal life, I will not want this moment to die. I will not want this moment to end. And I will chase that moment. It's just like addiction. It's the same thing. It's it's you, you have a good feeling. You you want to you want to keep that feeling going, you don't want to go back to feeling, you know, uncomfortable. Um, but it's important to be able to own your emotions have some semblance of control over your emotions because no one else does. You're the only one and no one can make you happy, but you it's an inside job. And I love, uh, I want you to really do this this week. I, and I appreciate you being open enough to look at his, and I'm not saying sign up, buy his books. I'm just saying you can get a lot of information for free. Just looking on his Instagram page. Um, he just, he, he does. It's like cognitive behavioral therapy in that, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. He does that constantly. So anything you bring to the table to him, he'll give you an answer. Again, I don't ha- I don't make any money off of this thing. Um, I've just been very encouraged by this. And I'm glad that people like Joe Rogan are starting to have people like him on his podcast. Um, there's so much more to say about this, but I think let's just try to stay on topic. Um you are thank you again for everything Uh, please feel free to reach out to us we know this is a very scary time in the world Um, but if we can help help people uh get through this time not in treatment but to help people get into treatment and um even just an ear to listen um we are always happy to do that and uh very very grateful for all of you god bless you and we will talk to you next week
0: thanks julie <coughs> nicely put um so uh, a nebulous topic but one i think all of us can relate to uh the world of mixed feelings uh ambivalence uh it's as i said before julie popped on it it's really it's it's about the ride
1: oh wait one more thing sorry Mel Robbins, the five wise I started to take her course and to be perfectly honest, I got distracted with other things. So I stopped, I stopped it. Um, it wasn't because I wasn't interested, but I knew that I wasn't ready to really delve into the material she was offering in this course that she does online. Um, but what she, there's one poignant part of it that I think would be helpful to you. And I'm just going to say these two things. First, the five whys. When you try to think about the things that you care about, or thing, the direction you want to go into in your life, ask yourself why, and then write down the answer. Then come back to it, walk away, come back to it and say, well, why do I feel this way? And then you do it over and over again, until you do it five times. By the fifth time, you really have why you really feel the way you do. And I think that's a lot of the work in therapy. The other thing I want to say is Joel Osteen. We like Joel. We listen to him all the time. And I know he's very, very Christian and a lot of many people aren't. But I like the walk away message from him because he's very like cognitive behaviorally bent, I think, in his work, um, you know, extrapolating the the Bible. Um, but just like he he put it to to his um, parish one day. I just listened to it on on the uh, Sirius radio he says, is this a, a five-month problem? Is this a five-year problem? Is this a five-month problem? Is it a five-week problem? Is it a five-day problem? Is it a five-hour problem? Is it a five-minute problem? And if you ask yourself those things in the face of any emotion that you feel, whether it's worry, whether it's depression, whether it's anger, if you can reroute that way and, and stop yourself for a bit, catch your breath and ask yourself, why? and and dig deep and if you can um and then the other is trying not to get caught up in that um emotional reactivity mode by bringing yourself back and saying what am i grateful for and also is this something i can solve tomorrow is this something i can that will resolve itself and one of the most important lessons I've learned in my life from a very fa- famous—I don't even know if he's known or unknown—but most of our problems in our life cannot be solved, but they can—they can only be outgrown, and that's something to really think about as well, and something to talk to your therapist. about. I don't have an answer for that. Oops! Serious. Talking.
0: She's chirping. Yeah. Serious. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We missed you. We'll be back next week. Um, Feel free to reach out to me uh, through Psychology Today. You can email me directly at psychologyunpluggedoutlook.com. Um, dot uh, You can follow us on Instagram at psychology underscore unplugged underscore. And you can contact me directly, 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, uh, and be well, and we'll talk next week.